Hi, my name is Matthew Roth, and I'm here with Ethan Seaman, my producer, Louis Riobalter, our basketball correspondent, and Alexander Schoenwalder, our soccer correspondent. All right, let's take it over to NBA. Okay, so now we will be moving into the basketball section of this podcast. First, we are going to be starting out with my awards. I'm going to start off with my MVP, a little bit of a controversial pick, but I got Joel Embiid here. LeBron, he really hasn't been playing up to his highest standards. I mean, now that Anthony Davis is injured, the the Lakers have been taking some L's, and it shows how much LeBron can't do it on his own anymore. My Rookie of the Year, this is a pretty straightforward choice. I got LaMelo Ball. I mean, yeah, you can go. Yeah, I think LaMelo is playing very well. I mean, I think – I. Despite not being picked like the first pick of the draft, I think he has been playing like even some of the superstars in the NBA. I mean, like the superstars that aren't rookies. Yeah, he's on it. He's on another level of the of the rookies. Best one by far, in my opinion. Next, I'm going to go with my sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson. He is having a great season for the Jazz. He is really putting it together. His best career, his career year, he put it, he had 40 points in one game coming off the bench, like 20 minutes. I mean, he was just on fire. Overall, great player, great improvement for this year. Next, I'm going to go coach of the year. I got Quinn Snyder of the Jazz. Yeah, can I? This is where I disagree with you. I think it should be a Steve Nash for the Nets, of course. I think he's brought a great team together and it's his first year as being head coach so he's done a great job in Brooklyn yet he has three of the best players in the league I mean I feel like it's a bigger challenge to do that yet Quinn Snyder with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert has still put together the best team in the league by far record wise yeah sure especially the way the change in wins Next, I'm going to go to the most improved player of the year. I got Christian Wood. Even though he's been injured for a while, for like the month, month and a half that we've seen him, he's been on fire. He had he probably was going to be an all-star reserve this year if it hadn't been for injuries. I mean, he's just an all-around great player now that he's on the Rockets. He has a better coaching staff, even though Daryl Morey left. He still has a better coaching staff, and... Yeah, I just like where he's at right now in his career. Next, we are going to go with the Defensive Player of the Year. I got Anthony Davis. Even though he's been injured for like about a month, month and a half, again, he's still been playing very well when he's on. And once he got hurt, I mean, the Lakers have been taking a lot of L's. So, yeah. Yeah, he he's more of a center help. He's really like you have – You've LeBron James, of course, the Lakers, Michael Jordan. But I compare him to more of probably a Scottie Pippen type of guy. LeBron? Charles Barkley, maybe. I disagree, though, because he's fast. LeBron's faster. He's not as good as defensism, but he has much better offense. Yeah, for sure. Next, we are going to go to my power rankings. Number one, I got pretty constant team the Utah Jazz best record in the league only team not in double digit losses yet I mean they've just been really putting it together like I said with the Quinn Snyder 
Number two, I got Steve Nash's team, who you, Matthew, thought was going to be – who was going to win the coach of the year. I got the Nets. I mean, what can I say? They have three of the top ten – two of the top five players in the league, I think, right now. I mean, what more you can say? Lakers, they've they've fallen down a bit since Anthony Davis, but they're still playing very well, even though Anthony Davis is gone. Four, I got the Suns. I mean, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. I mean, again, another reason to show that Chris Paul trade was a great move by the Suns. Five, I got the Bucks. They've been rising. Giannis had an amazing week. I mean, great stat lines, just great all-around playing. And I really like where they're headed. They're headed deeper and deeper into the playoffs as we go. Number six, I got a team that's fallen off a bit, the Clippers. To say you're at six and you've fallen off is a bit of an overstatement, but still, I mean – they have Kawhi and Paul George, who are both having great seasons. I think it's just their supporting cast is struggling a bit now. Yeah, for sure. There. Seven, I got the 76ers with my controversial MVP pick. They obviously have Joel Embiid. I have Ben Simmons, who's the best defensive point guard in the league. And then they have Seth Curry, who's just pulling it all together. And they have Tobias Harris. And really, I love their team. They have so much star power. Eight, I got a team. This is, I think, the first time they've been on my list, if not the second. I got the Golden State Warriors. Even though they had a brutal loss to the Lakers. Other than that, I mean, Steph Curry, he's making a name for himself in the MVP. I mean, Kelly Oubre, he had a horrible, horrible start to the season. But now he's starting to pick it up. And Andrew Wiggins, this is probably his best season yet, which doesn't mean too much, but he's still very good as a player. He's a good role piece. Now, I have nine, another team that's really falling off, the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, he he has a case in MVP, but it's not too strong of one. The beginning of the year, he was number three in about everyone's list. Now he's more around like five. I mean, Jamal Murray has really underachieved after those those 50-point playoff performances. I mean, it's it's crazy what how much he's fallen off. They, they need to make a trade. Ten, I got a team that I'm pretty sure has been here every single time. I got the Spurs. They're always, it seems like, every year since Tim Duncan has left, they've been about this area. They're, like, hanging in there, but – they're always in the playoffs, but they never really have chances at the title. I mean, there's always a couple teams better than them in the West. Well, I, I think – I remember one year, I think they, they were in the Western Conference Finals versus the Warriors when the Warriors were on their big run. Like yeah, That was in 2015, I think. That Yeah, that was when Zaza Pachulia, he stepped into Kawhi. He injured him, so that they got sweeped there, but – I, th- yeah, I think, but I mean, they had Kawhi Leonard after Tim Duncan left, so that really helped them a lot. But in the yeah. trade, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for the NBA. Now we will be taking it over to college basketball. All right, so now we're gonna start off with the game of the week for college basketball. I know this might be a bit of, this might be wrong. I, I 
wasn't going to choose Michigan in the game of the week, despite beating Iowa by a lot. I have Kansas versus Baylor. If you remember, uh, Kansas handed Baylor their first loss, but Baylor was coming off of a COVID pause, three weeks, just like Michigan. And Baylor hasn't been playing very well. Uh, Jared Butler had a terrible game. He's usually their Baylor's leading guy. So when he's not playing well, that means there's something up with Baylor. And I don't think this loss for Baylor will have a huge effect, impact. Um, I think they're going to get back into their normal flow soon when the Big 12 tournament comes around. So that I, leads me to my – yeah? No, I just said I, I want to agree with that. Baylor, it's only one loss. I mean, you're still one of the top three best teams in the league. I mean, can't and you can't argue with it. Now, I said Baylor will be able to get in their normal flow. Do you think Baylor will get back into their normal flow? I don't think they will be perfect, but I think they will eventually, by the time March Madness comes, they will be as good as they were earlier. I think they might get one one more loss this year. Just they're still a little bit rusty. But the rest of their schedule – is they have number six West Virginia with uh, McBride on West Virginia and Culver. We call a verse Oklahoma State with Cade Cunningham, arguably the freshman of the year. And then, of course, they have Texas Tech, who's sort of in a slump. So, Baylor, they have a tough schedule coming up. And I'm if they're not going to one of those games, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards that Virginia, to that West Virginia game, but I think yeah. they're going to at least one. All right, so, of course, not really related to the Baylor thing, but number two, who do you see winning the national championship? Oh, that, that's tough. We have to see how the brackets play out and how the matchups eventually will get because if a one seed plays a two seed, that could be much different from a one seed playing a five seed or something like that. But overall... I do think Michigan can take the win. I mean, they came close, what? They've been to the national championship in 2016 and 2018. They lost both games. Well, that they were in 2013, by the way. But, yeah, I also agree with you on Michigan. They've made – they have in the past seven years, they've made two national championship appearances, probably making a third. They've lost – two straight national championships. Actually, if you go back to the Fab Five days, four straight. And yeah. with Juan Howard back, he's hungry for a national championship. Of course, Chris Weber's notorious timeout. Um, of course, maybe they would be saying, of course, Michigan might have won that. But he wants, Dwan Howard wants a national championship and the whole Michigan basketball team does. Remember Isaiah Livers, was on the 2018 national championship team, yep. and he wants he wants that trophy back. And I also think Franz Va- Franz Wagner, also for his brother Mo Wagner, who's on the Wizards currently, I think he also wants it for him too. And and then of course looking at really these transfers coming in, like Chandy Brown and Mike Smith. Uh, Mike Smith had. His team, of course, being the leading scorer in the Ivy League, his team never had a great season. Yeah. Chandy Brown, for coming from Wake Forest, his team never was good. So Michigan's mentality, like, coming into this, 
they would win because like they're all of these guys on the Michigan basketball team who are hungry for a championship. And now, again, of course, and again, it, it all depends on the two seed that they have or the three seeds. The, it's also a big, that's a big factor on who you actually meet up. Yeah. So now this really not really follow. No one really follows this. But if you look at the teams that are not in the top 25, what te- team do you think can make a run in March Madness? Now, I think USC, of course, they have Evan Mobley. Great. Center. Yeah, I I agree. I think USC, I'm trying to think. I definitely think USC, though, will make it a deep run just because, obviously, I don't think they're going to be too many centers who are going to play at the level with Evan Mobley. I think he's going to outplay everyone. Um, so I'm trying to think. I don't think there are too many other teams – if Duke or Michigan State make it, I think they might have a chance. I think Florida could make a big run. Yeah, I, I agree with Florida there, too. I disagree with Duke and Michigan State. Michigan State, they have, they have a long way from making it to March. Um, Duke, closer than Michigan State. I do think um, if anyone, if Duke was going to make it, I could definitely see them making a run. Yes. All right. And I think, wait, I I also have one more team. I think North Carolina. Maybe depends again, who are they matched up against? But I think maybe they have the chance to pull up an upset. Yeah. I mean, North Carolina, they're in, they're out of the top 25. I believe they should be. And they came off of a huge win versus North Carolina versus Florida State over the weekend. Yeah. Um, So, of course, that leads us into our final part. My top 10 power rankings start off with number 10, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, on a two-game losing streak, I think they can get back into being the strong Oklahoma we've seen for the past few games. Number nine is Alabama. They're coming off of a depressing loss versus number number 20, Arkansas, uh, last Wednesday. And Arkansas, they're a good team, I think, but they lost, Alabama lost by 15 to Arkansas. Arkansas is a good team, but Alabama's just better. I think Alabama's they they deserve to be at number nine Alabama. And that proves to me, Alabama, one of the biggest things isn't how good you are in March Madness, but your consistency. That's like with all playoffs. You're the one team that never loses in that stretch of games. And I don't think Alabama is that. Yeah. All right, so, of course, number eight is Houston. Despite losing to Wichita State a few, two weeks ago, I do think Houston is a team that has a chance of making a run in March. They're on a three-game winning streak coming off of a decent win versus South Florida, 98-52. All right, so number seven, of course, Ohio State. Ohio State is on a three-game losing streak. They lost to Michigan. They could have won that. They lost to Michigan State, which isn't a great loss, and then they lost to Iowa by 16. It's not the Ohio State I've been used to seeing it. I think they need, if they're going to come back, this is the wrong time to get in the slump for Ohio State. And I want to talk more about that Michigan State loss. I mean, really, Michigan State has been really picking it up, and it's not as bad as a loss as you think. I mean, they beat Illinois. They beat, they're beating like everyone, good or bad teams. 
Yeah. All right, so number six, despite losing to Michigan by 22, I am going to give teams that lose to Michigan a free pass because Michigan is a, the best team in the country. Ohio State won by 16 at the key, key word there, at Ohio State. Ohio State number four. Um, all right, so number five, of course, will be West Virginia. West Virginia, they've had a few great games. Over the weekend, they beat Texas two weekends ago. They beat Texas coming back from an 18-point second-half deficit. And then they've had some smaller wins versus TCU and, of course, uh, Kansas State. They play Baylor tomorrow night, and I expect that to be a good one. All right, so number four. Uh, Lou, you want to say something? No, no, you can go on. All right, so number four is Illinois. Now, Illinois, they started off at number five early. They sort of slipped away, but now they're coming back. They have Io DeSumo, probably could be my wooden award winner, or Luca Garza, of course. And then, of course, they have a young guy in Kofi Coburn, great rebounder. And then they have guys coming off of the bench, like Georgie Bishanis, really. And uh, Adam Miller, and of course, uh, Andre Corbello. So now number three is Baylor. Baylor lost to Kansas. I think they're starting to get back in the flow, but Michigan's in a flow. So I'm going to move like Baylor back a bit because, you know, they're, they haven't, they didn't look good. And if, unless they can get back to being a great team again, I'm going to keep them at three. I agree with you. Number Two, of course, is Gonzaga. Gonzaga, this is probably the most controversial thing on this podcast, and other than Luis Joel Embiid uh, MVP. Gonzaga's in the WCC. Gonzaga hasn't really played a ranked team since December, and I want to see them versus a ranked team. I want to see them play Michigan so we can see, like, can Gonzaga still be good after playing a bunch of teams that aren't so good? But I, I don't – but really, how can you move them down? They, they're the only unbeaten team in the league. As you know, Michigan and Baylor just lost. So, Michigan. I mean – no, I mean, they lost a couple weeks ago. But you know what I mean. Five I don't see how they could be moved down for a loss – just because of their schedule. Yeah, I mean, I just want to see them versus a ranked team. I think Michigan's been playing great. They've beaten two top 10 teams by over 20. Uh, Gonzaga, actually, they've not over by over 20, but they've beaten top 10 teams by a good amount. All right, so now that leaves us with number one, Michigan. Michigan came off a statement win versus Iowa on Thursday. And they have Illinois tomorrow night. Great game. However, Michigan's favored by eight points, which is pretty surprising versus another top 10 team. So that will wrap it up for our basketball segment. Let's take it over to soccer. Hello. Welcome to the soccer section of this podcast. So we're going to jump right into it and start with our big results and games from this week. So first off, we have Arsenal versus Leicester. In this, everyone thought, like, all right, Leicester's probably going to win. Arsenal's, they're so-so. They're not playing great. But Arsenal came out and su- surprised us. Arteta gave a pretty interesting lineup. They put David Luiz and and, and um, Pablo Marie, who are not the best defensive pair, 
And then he also put Willie on, Nicholas Pepe, Alexander Lacazette, and who's the who is the Cam? You remember Alex? Smith Rowe, but he's very good. Yeah, Smith Rowe. He he's actually good, but and Lacazette's pretty good too. But I was like really like I was side eyeing it. And then they went three one. Nicholas Pepe was probably the man of the match. He played very well. And Lacazette scored that pen, and I think that was the turning point where Arsenal were like, all right, we can do this. And they turned it on, and they got it. And Smith Rowe had to come out in the 42nd minute. It was it because of injury, or do you think it was just precautionary? Wait, what? Wait, are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. It's because Smith Rowe. You can go. Wait, what? No, like, do you think Smith? Do you think Smith Rowe came out because of injury, or do you think it was precautionary? He had an injury. Um, so, so I okay. So I'm gonna give you a little cheat code to like where I get like a lot of the Premier League news. If you go to NBC Sports on YouTube, it shows you like it shows you there's like at seven o'clock, seven p.m. in New York time, Amer. Um. It'll show you the Premier League highlights, and it'll talk about the major key things. So I was watching the Premier League highlights yesterday, and I I I was seeing the Leicester v Arsenal game, and um Smith Rowe got subbed off because he was injured. Yeah, so Martin Odegaard came on, but we'll move on to our next game because although Arsenal did play pretty well, I have to say, okay. and our next game. Okay. You can take, take most it. boring one. Man U versus Chelsea. 0-0. <laughs> Man U have tied against Chelsea like five times now, but either way. No goals. Goal is in the previous game. It was boring. Yeah, that was the most boring game of the year so far, probably. Okay. But there is some controversy. Um, so, yesterday, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Chelsea fan, and I was watching, I, was, I kept the TV on to, like, hear the, the post-mat, the post-game, and from Luke Shaw, he said what the referee said, and I, I don't know, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but he, Luke Shaw said that the referee said that there was a handball, but he didn't want to give... There would be too much controversy if he gave the penalty. It's yeah. true. If he... I, I just... I can't find it. Yeah. It's yeah. True. Yeah, so our next result is Roma versus Milan, and it was 2-1. And, I mean, it was a pretty interesting game, I have to say. And I think that, like, it was interesting because Milan hadn't been playing very well. They beat Roma, and Roma had been playing well, so you can take you can talk more. Well, yes, Rome. I mean, Roma. They're not. They're not the most consistent team, but they're a great team. And I just think that Roma. We. I. We would. I would think. I. I would see Milan win. When, when Chelsea were losing consistently. They had that wake-up call with the new coach, and they've been lossless since January. When Bayern were inconsistent and 
lost to Hoist a Keel and Mungladbach back to back, they snapped up. So I think that when you're doing badly, you have that wake up call and you want to win. We saw that with Real. We saw that with Man City. So we saw that with Man U. So I think that Milan was going to win because they knew they needed to win. And it was a, a, a close game. But uh, after overall, we knew that man, AC Milan won, as Ethan said. Okay. Yeah, you can take the next this. one is Leipzig versus Gladbach. It was a, it was a thriller, the most thrilling big game. I was, yeah, I, I was a little sad because I don't want Leipzig to win the Bundesliga because I'm a Bayern fan. So it was, I mean, but it was a dramatic game when Gladbach were winning at the half two zero. And then Leipzig scored three and one in the dying minutes of the game. So it was really dramatic and I can't believe I could it was it was a disagree game. And now we're gonna go to the Barca versus Sevilla. Ethan, you take it away. Yeah, so this Barca versus Sevilla. Everyone was like, Alright, this is the test. If Barca can figure out how to win this game all right, they 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 recovered from the PSG loss, and they've showed that they can do what they need to do, right? And I think that's what they did. They won two 0 convincing victory. Usman Dembele scored, and then Messi scored, right? They put out a pretty interesting lineup. They went with three center backs, four midfielders, a cam, like so center attacking mid, and then two strikers, right? Which was interesting because you wouldn't have expected that, but it worked. It worked to perfection. They didn't let any goals, and I think that they overall they played a very good game, and they showed us they can play very well, and they looked like they used to be, and Griezmann didn't even come in, right? So, I don't know. I think they finally look like their old self. I think that if they can get that consistency down, right, it's going to be interesting. It's also going to be interesting to see when what happens in those presidential elections. I, um, I also saw that it looks like um, Griezmann is no longer part of Kuman's plans. He yeah. played against Elche and Sevilla, so I think that, but he's been on the bench. I think that, I mean, that Griezmann is, he's, he's gonna go. I like, think that, I also, and, it's gonna depend on whether Kuman stays or whether Kuman goes. If Kuman goes, then, I mean, Griezmann's one of the best players in the world, no doubt. So we'll see, right? And well, also, I I I just saw this just now. Mikel Arteta is linked with a move to be manager yeah. of Barca. Yeah, I saw that too. That was like I'm so, side eyeing that. Like, really? That, is that really gonna happen? Because that would be interesting to see. I think that Griezmann might have the chance to stay if Arteta is manager because he might need that experience, like he does with. Bummying and lack of Um, but I also think that Braithwaite. So Griezmann, I think Ronald Koeman is stupid by deciding to drop Griezmann. Griezmann was in his form of the life in January, and to just drop him and waste that opportunity is horrible. 
But now we're seeing that Martin Braithwaite is yeah, making a return. Yeah, he's risen to the occasion, and I think he recognizes that it's his chance. So yeah. And now we're, I guess we're we're gonna go to our question of the week. So our question of the week is: Should Brendan Rodgers lose his job before it's too late for Leicester? So we've seen this before, right? Leicester in second, and it looked like they're gonna get a Champions League place. They were in Champions League spots last season until the last day of the season, and then they lost to Man U too, and they didn't qual- and they made Europa League instead of Champions League. I think that this Arsenal loss has woken them up to reality and made them realize, hmm, we should be thinking about this a little more. And no doubt, Brendan Rodgers has been absolutely amazing this season. And I think that they just have to be careful because they hang on to him too long, right? We also saw Harvey Barnes get injured. And he's been, yeah, he's been really influential for them. And I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Leicester. And I guess, like, it's just interesting to see, right? Like, we saw it last season, and I think that we'll see if it repeats this season. But, like, what do you have to say about this, Alex? Well, I don't see a Leicester, like, Leicester not, cra- cra- like, crash out of the Champions League because I think that Liverpool are going to lose again. Yeah. Or- like, they're not going to make it. Yeah, it's hard to bring up Champions League spots without bringing up Liverpool. Because I think that, like, I think we could just make predictions right here, right now. And I, I actually want to do this. Like, who do you think is going to be the top four in the Premier League this season? I think it's going to be Man City, Man U. I- West Ham... I think they're going to crash out. They've been playing really easy teams, and we just saw them lose to Man City. So, I think Chelsea might be in there, depending on if Tuchel is smart and, and play. And who do you think is going to tie down that last spot? Who do you think? I don't think Aston Villa will. I think it's going to be Everton. You think Everton? That's yeah. an interesting pick, and I think I think that relates back to our question. You didn't say Leicester, right? And I'll now give mine. Obviously, Man City, right? Mm-hmm. I think we'll also keep their spots in there. And then Chelsea, right? They look like a pretty solid team. And that fourth spot is the one we really get caught up, right? You could see an Arsenal sneaking in there, right? I don't think maybe not this season, but next season you could see them going for that fourth spot. Tottenham, definitely no. And I think Leicester, it's, it's going to come down to Leicester – Everton, Arsenal, or Arsenal in my opinion. Because West Ham and Austin Villa, I think they're just not those caliber teams. I think that they're just not the caliber that you need for Champions League. And they don't have what it takes to go all the way. Like, they'll go on a short losing spree, and then you'll see them, oh, wait, now they're back in 10th when they usually are, right? So, Mm -hmm. I think they're not the team to do it. I think it's going to be Arsenal, but I think I'd I'd agree with you. I think I've got to go with Everton in there. I think that Leicester, Leicester, I think that they're just going to go down the same path as last season, and like one of the later games, they're just going to be like their last three of the season is against Man City, Chelsea, and Man U. Yeah, that's a pretty hard led schedule. Nine points, and that seems likely. 
So if they lose nine points, they could get out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that could be that's gonna be the the difference in the end of weather. And yeah, now we're gonna move on to our rankings. So at number at number ten, Alex, you can take this one. It's we kind of had to search a little bit because we the, the teams in the top few leagues are just doing horrible these days. And honestly, I really <laughs> don't know about it. They're playing kind of bad. So we had to reach to the Portuguese league to look for these t- nine and ten. So you can take it away. Well, I I was kind of shocked. Like I was looking at the Premier League like up the top five leagues, and I barely saw consistency in teams. But when I went to the Portuguese league, I saw Braga and Sporting with a really good run. So in number ten, it is Braga. They are in the Champions League, and personally, I think it's a surprise for them to be in the Champions League. It would normally be Benfica and Porto, but they're not there. So I think that it's incredible who this coach is. And how he's turned the team around. I and then in number ten we have Sporting, um, Sporting Club de Portugal. Portugal. Yes, you might have heard them. You might you might have heard them from because Bruno Fernandez or Ronaldo used to play for them. But they have a lot of good players, and they're in first place. So that and they've been consistent like Man City. So they get that number nine, and then yeah. I, I think they're just, it's, it's kind of shocking to see these two teams in the Champions League. Yeah, you can say what you're going to say, Ethan. Um, yeah, it's actually surprising, right? Like, you, you, you're you used to Benfica and Porto, like you said. And I think it's good for a change of pace sometimes, right? Like, you just want to see something different sometimes, right? I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And we'll, we'll keep you updated on how this plays out because, I mean, like, a lot of people don't have the time to, to watch Portuguese League. And it's not broadcasted in many places. So we'll just keep you updated. Yeah. And then in number eight, it's gonna it's Real Madrid. Uh, I mean, they just drew to Real Sociedad, but in their last five games, they haven't lost. Which, may, like, it was hard to see, like, consistency in teams. So Real Madrid are up there. Uh, they've they've been on pretty good form. They 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 haven't conceded that much goals. They the they've only conceded two goals in the last six games. That just shows how good of a defense they have without Sergio Ramos, without Danny Carvajal. Yeah, and they're also doing phenomenal without without all of the with like all these injured players like Eden Hazard, Sergio Ramos, Danny Carvajal, Karen Benzema. He's a big one. All right. And at number seven, they've fallen off a lot, right? We, it, yeah. It's Atletico Madrid, right? We saw them, right? They really, like, they were playing very well. They were they were the best they've ever been. And now, look at it. Barcelona and Real Madrid are both on 53 points. They're on 50, uh, 58. They're six points at a gap that was once 13, Right? That's a seven-point decrease, and they've really just not shown their form. And I think they're fine. Like, they're not going anywhere, right? They're going to stay here. But I think that if they keep losing, the, the, the title I could see the title slipping through their hands. And number six, 
we have maybe one of the more controversial players. We have Monaco. All right. You, you might be looking at me and being like, wait, why Monaco, right? Where's PSG? No. Monaco, they're still fourth. Are they still fourth? Can you check that for me? I think they're fourth. Right? Yeah. They're, they're still fourth, right? But they're playing so well, right? You don't have, they're winning games. It's just that they have such good competition in Lille, Lyon, PSG, Monaco, right? This is the most competitive we've seen a, ser- a league, a league uh, title race in super long, right? We saw like a few years ago Monaco beat PSG, but I think that this is going to be really interesting, and we're going to be watching this till the end because it's actually honestly pretty interesting and not, and not as boring as in past. Hmm. And yeah. number five, you, this is you, but I mean it's Leipzig, right? You can. They they are really they are doing really well. You you Julian Nagelsmann, one of the youngest coaches, has done phenomenal with Leipzig. They've, he's turned them this team into a Champions League team, but I do think that Leipzig. Some people might call me a little crazy for us but the only reason why they're in the champions league is because of their the money they get from their owners they're owned by red bulls and they get oh like all the players they have on their team right now they bought them and they're really expensive they don't develop players they buy them they don't have that homegrown talent that a lot of other teams do and i'm not taking anything away from them they're still a very good team but they bought a lot of players, and that's not, that's that's not how you really develop. Like, bar, like, and then it's the next book I can talk more about that. So, at number four, this is we thought. If you think Monaco is controversial, you're gonna say this even more. Barcelona are number four. All right, you might be looking like, what are you crazy? Yeah, you lost to PSG four one, but you responded with I think a huge win at Elche, and then you beat Sevilla two 0 and now they have enough. I think. Do they play PSG again this week or, or not? Mm-hmm. No, they don't play PSG this week. They play Sevilla in the semi-final of Copa del Rey. Mm-hmm. I mean, they play them twice in a row, which is pretty interesting. You don't see that much in soccer. But I think that, like, we are going to watch this, and we're going to see if Barca can really show us or if they're going to be another flop. And I think that's why we have them at number four, because now we're seeing them playing their youngsters. Ricky Pooch has finally made his way into Kuman's squad, and we're seeing Ricky play. He's very good. We're seeing Pedro play, who I think he left with an injury, but now he's fine. He's playing very well. And now we have the, I don't know, This he has two assists in two games. It's Elish Mariba. We saw him come into the squad, and we were like, what? But he's been brilliant, actually. He's been one. He, I think that Barca's People were always saying, oh, Messi, Xavi, and yes, and no one's ever going to compare to that. This generation is so good, right? You have Pedri, Ricky Pooch, Elish, and then you still have Oscar Minguesa, right? And you still have Conrad De La Fuente. We could almost make a, a starting 11 squad that could contend in Champions League out of youngsters. And that that's all you can ever say about Barcelona. And you... Right now, we'll move on to our next pick. So number three is Bayern Munich. Um, to go back to that Leipzig, well, Bayern Munich have developed Thomas Muller. 
one of those, um, Jamal, like, they, well, Nicholas Chule. Like, what I'm trying to say is that Bayern, they develop players. They don't, like, buy them off their potential. Like, Kimmich was a right back, a young right back. Was, that wasn't, like, a, the best one when Byron signed him, but he's developed. And what Leipzig like to, like to do is they like to buy those players in their prime. Well, anyway, Byron have just scored nine goals in two games, and even though they lost to, um, to Frankfurt, they 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 did they they did respond and score and like win two games next and. It's, they did, for for a team to have back to back wins that have scored four or more goals. It's it's a remarkable like it's amazing how they can, they just lose two one and then they won four one or five one, and they won in the Champions League, and I think that we're gonna see Bayern in the neck in the round of eight unless they're gonna. I don't know, do a remontada Lazio, but I doubt it. And that Okay, and at number two, look, they've crushed out of, like, all the major competitions they could be in. But look at it this way. They've put everything they can into this, right? And they believed in Antonio Conte's system, and everything's come together for Inter Milan, right? They're second on this list. And, I mean, they're just playing amazing right i think that you can't do much better than they are right now and i think we're going to see them finish up this season and and end juve's 10-year run for the scudetto and then now at number one i i, I can't i keep ending the podcast this way every week we end it this way but man city yeah 20 games unbeaten that's all you have to say they haven't lost for 20, 20 games. They they beat Winston Gladback, right? They beat Arsenal. They beat I don't know. They beat West Ham, right? They're they're they've been absolutely amazing. And look, Pep, he's done it again. And I mean, some people might think I'm crazy, but here we go. I'm calling it now. Man City quadruple. You may have never heard of what that is, but it pretty much means you win the League Cup, you win the other League Cup. So there's Carabao Cup. There's FA Cup. So the FA Cup, they're playing Everton, I think, in the round. Of, what are they in? I don't know what round they're in. But they also play Tottenham in the finals of Carabao Cup. That In Champions League, I think they're going to bring it all away. And they obviously are going to win the Premier League. So I'm calling for the quadruple. And I guess that, that just about wraps up this segment of this podcast. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.